Hey everybody, welcome to the very special Keeping It Real, our 200th episode. Um, I'm joined by Chris Carl. Hello, I've done maybe 185 of these. And oh. Roth Cornette. Hello, I've done five. <laughs> All I right, feel like so we should hear like a big roar though from the crowd. Yay! We need sound effects. I know. Where's our where's our like uh, our laugh track or something? I don't know. I'm just gonna All say we have is this bell. That's oh. 200 of them right there. Um, all right, so... Uh, Tell us what's special about this podcast, what's Jim. What's special is that uh, apparently I've lied to all of you. I said that <laughs> we were going to get a special guest. We try, I tried like hell, man. We we almost had a big-name director lined up, and it fell through. Um, but we I, didn't want to hold this podcast from you. We didn't want to hold the podcast from you because uh, of scheduling things with, with trying to get a guest. And we can always bring a guest, but really... How special is a 200th episode if it keeps getting delayed? That's true. It yeah. becomes less and less special. Less special. We actually got a tweet just a few minutes ago asking about the podcast. So uh, there you have get, it. They've been coming in the all day. Demand. We missed them last week uh, because of uh, I was out of town and we were trying to get that guest. But yeah. So anyway, we're here now. Exactly. So you know who the special guest is today? Who? You guys. Love. Uh, love. That's right. Love exactly. is the special guest. That's right. And Yoda. And That's Yoda. What you guys, you can't, you can't say we're wrong. No, the, the, the special guest would have been Yaddle, right? <laughs> Ooh. Um, so let's talk about last weekend's box office, since we didn't talk about it at all last week. Jack the Giant Slayer debuted meekly at number one. I was right. <laughs> 27.2 million. Identity Thief, still going strong, second place. 21 and over debuted third place with 8.8 million. And then Last Exorcism 2 debuted in fifth place with 7.7 million. Um, Far Cry from part one that was number one was a big hit. So do you think that's the end of the... Probably. Uh, Well, it's the end of its life in the theater, I think. Yeah. It would probably come out on video. What do you think? What what do you think, Rothy? Can we be looking at maybe direct-to-video sequels to this? I think so, but I also do want to briefly, just because we didn't podcast last week, and this will be probably the only time it happens, kicked your asses on the box office predictions the week before last. I just want to say that. And I just want to remind you that you read them off my paper. But look at it. You had had snitch at number one. I was the one that called Identity Thief. I kicked your butts. I'm just saying. You did. It's true. You really did. I, I have to say this. Identity Thief... Number one movie of this year so far. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I strong. haven't heard anything really good about it either. So. No, I mean it just goes to show you there, there are those know. movies America that America would never embrace a crappy comedy. Though. <laughs> well, there are those movies that are like <laughs> you, you wonder whose taste it really is, or is it that perfect blend of mediocrity that lures like, everyone? Who like you know <laughs> Paul <it> Blart <laughs> and Jeff Foxworthy? Well, Paul Blart wasn't actually. I mean, it wasn't like unwatchable or anything. It just wasn't much of anything. Yeah, yeah, no, it was I, fine. I, I, bu- I bust Paul Blart's balls. But, you know. <laughs> I mean, I think I honestly, guys, and you comment. Maybe if you're listening to this, you're not the the right person to answer this question. But I really feel like we do this for a living, and we think about it a lot, like every day, all the time, and have made it our lives for many, many years. And so, but I feel like really a lot of times people do. It's that cliche. They want to go to the theater and zone out for a couple yeah. of hours. But for Christ's sake, they're not, you know, not everybody is a, you know, a, a nuclear physicist or a brain surgeon. Like, <laughs> really, how much do you have to empty from your head some days? I mean, I, 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 I don't that, know. That excuse just annoys me sometimes. I just want to go and turn off my brain. Was it on? <laughs> 
That's like when you complain about something. Like, Why isn't this working? Well, it wasn't plugged in. So, you know? was it on? Yeah. That's a really well, valid. It is a good point. I go really out in public point. a lot. I'm yeah. like being oh, a human being. Turn my brain off, buddy. No, you got to boot that shit up because that hasn't been on. Not only not today for about 28 years of your life. In fact, that battery needs a jump. You're 27. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, there was more brain activity when you were learning how to crawl than there is, you know, your entire adult life. I legitimately have n- never, and maybe this speaks to my, like, ignorance, but I've never heard anybody use that counter-argument, and it's actually really valid. Like, no, as a matter of fact, your brain was already off. That's no, why you like the stupid unless, movie. Unless you're, like, a 911 <laughs> dispatcher who's just been dealing with, like, or a paramedic or a cop or doctor, anything where you've just been dealing with life and death, horrible stuff all day, or even look, I'll, I'll extend it out to like white collar professions. You're a lawyer, you're a stockbroker where you've been harangued all day by people. Okay, maybe then you just want to go and laugh and not give a crap, you know, or you've got an illness in the family. I'll give you all of that. That's giving you a lot. But seriously, <laughs> dude, if you work retail and you're just like, I got to turn off my brain. Although I have to... Counter the counter, counter argument. Counter if you work retail, you get to see some people whose brains are not only off, they've been lobotomized. Yes. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> so maybe maybe this there is getting is like inception something. deep. I know. We're going like, to like this is the fourth level. I mean I mean I think that there's I will say this. I've done I you know, and I think we probably all have, like I, did I fast food. I, I've done I waitressed for I put myself through college. I've waitressed for a long time and, and that I job I worked that pole. That you worked that pole. I, I that's that's how we met. I was I, I think I put the, the dollar I, I did the whole clap. I did the whole fake Ukrainian accent. I am just immigrant. I need <laughs> But I, but that job I mean waitressing, which is you know it, that, that was, is a tough it was job. stressful. Yeah, it was I, stressful. I used to wait tables. The one thing I actually liked about waiting tables is that and this actually speaks to your point, is that you can leave it at work. It's yeah. not like, you know, when I when I leave IGN, I know it's a fun job and everything, but I think about IGN yeah. all the yeah. time. When I left my waiting job, I was like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to think about the tuna special until I get exactly. in tomorrow, you know? <laughs> Although so, I hear it was delicious. The tuna special is playing at the Roxy later this week. So. <laughs> That's, <right>. That's my <laughs> pet nickname. For no, if, I mean, it, but the weird thing to me is that there's lots of, this is the part that I don't get. I just realized there, you were wearing an owl shirt and staring right owl. at me. Oh, That's I get it, Hooters. Nice Hooters. Exactly. See, this is, Thank you. So when you call HR and me, I've got an excuse. <laughs> they were staring at me. Yeah, they really true. were. It's the whole purpose behind it's the true. shirt. Nice uh, it is. I fell for it, too. Um, so my, where was I? God dear. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is the part that I don't get, and maybe you guys can weigh in on this, is that there's lots of movies that are really fun movies. But the, the part that I don't understand is, like, why do you need to see a fun movie that is also bad? Well, you know? yeah. I, I yeah. just think there's, there's those, those movies that hit – a wide like variety of people yeah and i think even a topic like identity theft is something that hasn't really been tackled in a movie before and people are like oh i know i'm afraid of that because i live in society and uh (laughs) you know like i think that there's certain like themes that you can also hit on that are like yeah it's also like to your to your point roth the the idea of well it's only this so does it have to be good yeah you know what raiders of lost ark oh it's only an action movie no, it's awesome. It's a great <laughs> movie. You can do a popcorn flick and make it awesome. You yeah, know, like you it can. doesn't have to be low it's completely lowbrow 
crap. Yeah, I mean, like, I really don't expect the whole world to go see Amour and fall in love with it. Amour joke. Get it? <laughs> um, I don't, because, I mean, like, that's a really particular kind of film. It's super European. It's very slow. And if you want to watch a movie about old people wiping drool from their, each other's then mouths. Then this is the movie for you, friends. <laughs> Get that, that popcorn popping. Peter Travis from <laughs> Rolling Stones. If you want to watch an old woman getting bathed and screaming, <laughs> get your butt into a more right Wait a now. second. I do want to watch, I do want to watch that movie. Yeah, then the YouTube. It's the, wet that's the Chris Carl sex tape right there. <laughs> there are a bevy of online. Wet French gilf. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> wet. So, wet, so now wet French gilf is a movie. <laughs> By the I way, went to this cafe like and all I ordered was some wet French gilf. <laughs> this wasn't what I was expecting at all. Why is it sag so much? Oh my god! Two <laughs> hundredth <Not okay. 200th laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's right. This this was the special and the special and edition. And all of we're our gonna podcast. do is talk about porn and like the weird varieties of porn that should never exist. We're all going on after this to get a tattoo that says "wet French." Wet gilf. French gilf. <laughs> yes, that, that sounds a lot dirtier than it needs to. It, it sounds just as dirty as I think it ought to. Actually, <laughs> oh, I want a more of that. I want to talk about Marvel movies or something exactly else. Exactly what I was going to get to is like, but hey, there is also the Avengers, which is a good. Movie. Well, <laughs> let's. Uh, there's a lot of like news items I can rattle off that we don't necessarily have to talk about. But I want to talk about things. I talk but about we're it. gonna let's talk some. Uh, let's talk some. Uh, you know what? Let's let's uh, segue from from wet French gilfs to <laughs> Megan Fox because someday she'll because be that. One day she will be moving to France. She'll just be, be a, a wet gilf, but yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> But uh, so Peter Laird, the co-creator of, of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, slammed the casting of Megan Fox. He is not a fan of it, but he's he's leaving the door open. Maybe he can be, you know, surprised here. But he said that there are literally hundreds of other actresses that could play that role because and these this is my conjecture here, um, you know, because hundreds of other actresses really want to be in a movie with talking turtles. Yeah, but I'm sorry, not to, not to piss on the thing that so many people love, but it's Ninja Turtles. Guess yeah. what? They wanted Elizabeth Olsen. She's like, yeah, wait a minute. Um, I'm Elizabeth mm. Olsen, and I'm gonna do a ninja. No. She can she's she can like go eat Jessica though. Chastain's lunch, yeah. you know, like yeah. she's she's gonna get those kind of roles. She doesn't necessarily need well, Ninja Jessica Turtles. Jessica Chastain okay. might play Jane and. The Tarzan reboot, but what makes that Tarzan reboot classy? What? David Yates, director yeah. of the last well, few Harry Potter. Frankly, Jessica Chastain makes it chast- classy too. I yeah. mean, she's yeah. she's a pretty classy. Li- I think this kind of like how she made <laughs> classy. Yeah. Uh, whenever I hear the Jessica Chastain, the the last name, I just think of for some reason like Lady Chatterley's lover or something. <laughs> like she just sounds like a nineteenth century character, like Lady Chastain's big role or something like that. I Lady Chastain's. Yeah. Big wet girl. French girl. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're back. And so anyway, we Megan Fox. Yes. I think she's a good pairing, actually, with a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie because that's where she's at in her career right now. And I think if it's like a fine role there's anybody something about being in an empty shell, it's her. <laughs> oh, well, but here, wow. here's, here's, my, here's my take on that situation where I, where I feel like – I mean, I feel like there may be legitimate – 
Okay, two things. One, I don't mind Megan Fox. There, I said it. I know there's yeah, a yeah. lot of hate she's t- towards she was good her. She's forty. Um, I think she's fine. I think she's. I don't think she. No, she is not Jessica Chastain. She's not Elizabeth Olsen level of talent. She never will be. And she never will be. Okay. But she is. She is very, very hot. You know, she is. She does. Although she was hotter before. I don't know why she did this to her face. Like between Transformers One and Transformers Two, why did you do that? You're beautiful. There's no reason to turn yourself into Hollywood pressure. Yeah. Uber slut. Well, she. She. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I I I will say this. I don't think that I don't think that any of us can imagine the kind of pressure that someone is under when their entire existence is predicated on the fact that they're good looking. Like their their method hey, of survival speak for and identity. Carl lives with that every no, day. I'm serious. I like I, I I feel my like my cross to bear. I, <laughs> no, I mean I feel like you know like in a good in a very positive way. Hopefully we're like normal people that run around and do things and have. You know what I mean? Like my life is not, you know, I, I don't, it could not be predicated on the idea. We can't all be a wet French skill. So I think that's why these women end up going insane. Like they do. They just panic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think there's this, there's this thing. But she panicked like immediately. Yeah. Like she just. It happens to everybody though. Eventually in Hollywood or most people, I should say, some people handle it gracefully, but there's that moment where you feel like you're slipping. You feel like you're losing something, and it happens to dudes too. It's not oh, just yeah. women. Yes. And and then you and then you take steps Look at to Kenny like Kenny Rogers' face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you take take steps to do what you think it needs to correct it, and then it's really everything is really public. So. Yeah. You're going to go through this whole thing in the limelight. It's bizarre. But we're getting into, like, celebrity yeah, this is, gossip. This is like, now but but, but the, on the Megan Fox front, I think she's just fine at what she needs to do. I, you know, I don't think she's a great actress. I don't think that this role needs a great actress. But no. but I will say this. I think that on the fan the fan side, I think that maybe she doesn't have kind of the the vibe or the flavor that April does. That That's yeah. what they don't like about but her. It hasn't, you know? it, ha, ha, there's been different incarnations of april though yeah right? yeah so. i think you know it'd be great for this jessica chastain jessica chastain. i feel like Perfect i feel like hair color i feel like Zero megan fox Turtle. megan fox came in to her career as the unattainable hot girl you yeah. know what i mean and i think that what and you guys correct me if i'm wrong maybe but i feel like what fans maybe are wanting more of is somebody that is the the cool hot girl you know, I think, like, yeah. I think they want an uh, they want uh, an Emma Stone. The, yeah, yeah Emma exactly. Stone. Like exactly. the the cool girl that's your friend and also and really funny. hot and funny and sexy and those things. And I feel like Megan Fox is not that. She's the girl that you'll never have a shot mm-hmm. with. Whereas Emma Stone is, hey, maybe if I'm cute and nice enough, maybe well, I'll get a date. Jonah Hill was kind of like sniffing around that rosebush, so. Yeah. Wow, Rosebush, wow. huh? I don't I like, even know where that came from. I like that from. it was a Rosebush. Rosebush, I, feel like I don't that's know. Very she's, nice. It she's turned really <laughs> sexual. It was. I didn't mean yeah. it to be sexual. Wow. Wow. That but. takes the heat off me for <laughs> thirty seconds. Uber slut face or whatever I said. <laughs> really, oh, you no. said it again, so it's yeah. back on your court. Back on you. No, that was just a quote, though. You can't. I, uh, no. <laughs> but um, but you know what? Let's. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Let's not write off Megan Fox completely, because. There was a time. Isn't she when, too old, though? When That's another question. She's only, she's 27 or 28. Yeah. Oh. She's still young. But how okay. old is April meant to be in this movie? I don't know. It doesn't know. matter. But yeah. it, it, I'm going to go out on a limb, okay? Kim Basinger. Yes. Horrible actress. Was horrible in a bunch of movies until LA Confidential. And she's been kind of horrible in everything since. <laughs> but she had that one movie that really showed, and she won an Oscar. 
I'm not. I'm just saying, Megan Fox. You never know. Yeah. Ten years from now, maybe she'll be. Also, she's nowhere near as bad as Kim Basinger was before. Yeah. I mean, Kim Basinger. Go watch Never Say Never Again. Even Batman '89. Yeah. She's not good in it, you know. Um. I mean, she was just. She was the nine and a half weeks. Uh, she person. was good in she's that. She's good in that. Good in that. She was really good yeah. in she's that. Very good in I that. will say that she did that role well. <laughs> but she actually, <laughs> I would actually, I would also <laughs> assert that she acted that role well. Yes. Like it wasn't like hey, completely. You just try getting about. messed up by Mickey Rourke. Yeah. There's no acting there, my friend. That's true. That's you true. Know? Uh, but I'm just saying, you know, Megan Fox, who knows? You know, yeah, maybe if she we'll worked see. with somebody like an Oliver Stone who's known for getting good performances out of people. You know, or you, you never know. I'm just saying, like, 10 years from now, she could be going down the aisle picking up her Oscar uh, Oscar, and everybody saying, we never saw this coming, because that's exactly what they wrote about Kim Basinger. Then Jim Vavita will step out of the shadows and be like, I, I did. I knew. I knew. I, knew. I, knew. I knew it all along. I just think that people hate her. I mean, that's what I, I think that for whatever reason, people love like to love her. Well, people loved to love her, you know, and then, then as happens in Hollywood, then that turned but she, to hate. The thing is, she never seemed humble or grateful for any of her instant success and it was pretty instant she was what 24 and the only other thing she had done of note was just being literally the background hot chick and bad boys too uh she was in uh some tv shows too but yeah. like yeah nothing nothing to you warrant know? the huge yeah. fame that she then got anyway but she's already warranted way too much time of our 200th episode <laughs> exactly so let, let me uh rattle off some news items and then we'll get into another conversation piece uh the Hobbit, there and back again, the third and final movie, now coming out. It's was supposed to come out summer of 2014. Now coming out December 17th, 2014. That uh, is perfectly legit and good. Uh, Kick-Ass 2, supposed to come out earlier this summer. Now coming out August 16th. Uh, Interstellar, Christopher Nolan's sci-fi movie, um, is That now, won't make any money. Yeah, Mm-mm. that thing's in the toilet already. That's a dud. You might as well just hang it up. Uh, coming out November 7th, 2014. <laughs> I was trying to imagine a movie that was so horrible, like a clown dolphin movie or something. Wait. <laughs> he, he's going to do one of those Wait, ones from uh, Funny People where it's Merman or whatever. Oh, Why are you guys talking about it? things that sound amazing? <laughs> <laughs> the clown dolphin? The clown I don't know. Dolphin. <laughs> Megatron. Oh. I just had to drop that. Bozo meets Flipper. I'm going to try to drop all, all the phrases in. Mickey the Rock. We forgot to do that. <laughs> yeah, we even mentioned Mickey the Rock. Hell, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, Resident Evil Six. It's gonna. Looks like it's happening. It'll probably shoot this fall. For according to Shock Till You Drop, a September twelfth, twenty fourteen release. By the way, I think that's the last one. I bet you they blow up Earth, and I'm not even kidding. Like they <laughs> they they promise an apocalyptic ending. Like. Maybe that is the only way to end it is the entire planet just blows up. They leave Earth. Yeah, I, I seriously think this is the last installment. I don't know if uh, – I don't remember if um, Paul Davis Anderson has said that or not. Yeah, he's he's pretty he, much he said, said as much. They were yeah. on their way he out. Wants but to, he wants to, like, didn't. go out with a big apocalyptic bang. What, and I'm like, here's the real question. What does that couple then do for the rest of their lives? Because I mean, there's all like, the there's, Three Musketeers There's all sequels. the Three Musketeers yeah. to do. Well, he wanted to do Buck Rogers. but He I wanted to do Castlevania. He wants to, you know what? They, they'll they come up with some other Mila. As long as she can continue to, like, kick ass. I mean, who's the meal ticket in that in that 
power couple, her I, or him. I think it's her. I think no. I think, they I both think they're a pair. Yeah, yeah, I really yeah. do. And yeah. and how long can she can she really continue to be an action star like that? I would say fifteen she's or twenty years. She's fun as hell though years. too. Like she yeah. she's goofy in person. Like she yeah. needs to do like some wacky comedy. I agree. Her. She is, and that's that is. We were talking about this earlier <clears> with uh, Colin Farrell. We're like he's misused because he yeah. should do more funny stuff. Like he should yeah. really be on a. Uh, and I don't want to get on uh, TV stuff because you guys can talk about that in your podcast. But um, I really think Colin Farrell should be in in a uh, like an HBO series of his own. Yeah, something that showcases like watch In Bruges, any yeah. of these movies where he can just, just be himself. He's he's very he, he needs to play like the way Mel Gibson in early part of his career was able to play. Well, now he is the crazy guy, but like crazy funny in those movies. Yeah. Um, Colin Farrell has that, and he should he should find things that really showcase that he he doesn't work when he's being straightjacketed into just playing a gruff guy. Yeah, tough, tough guy. Yeah, I don't mind him in those roles. I just think it's a like much richer thing when you get to see him like being a little bit more playful. Yeah, and let him be Irish. I will God say sake. I don't think that she has the level of talent that Colin Farrell no. really has, but, but I like she is charming. Song. Yeah, she's, she's charming. I mean. In person, but that may, I mean, like, I feel like that it's the two of them together that make the magic happen. Hollywood yeah. power couple. I'm actually, yes. uh, you know, I, 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 I look forward to seeing. I'm not in a fan some way, of I'm movie. kind of looking forward to seeing Resident Evil end and then the subsequent actual reboot of Resident Evil that everybody's been asking for. Because I think these movies are kind of fun, and I usually enjoy them more than I should, but like. I do think it would be nice to see Resident Evil done in a different way, yeah. Like yeah. in a different direction. Um, I think that uh, you know, if they were if they were going to reboot that series, I think maybe look at things like Walking Dead and shows like that that have managed to find a, a grounded reality, and maybe move away from that glorified music video approach that <laughs> Anderson has has employed. Um, I mean, I look at those movies as being like bad pizza like it's pizza you're always going to eat it but you're not kidding yourself you yeah. you went and really got the crap <laughs> they're, ass they're one. empty calories yeah, you know? yeah but i will say resident evil uh you know all these people who like keep asking for this movie that makes more sense more grounded in reality and stuff like that you clearly haven't played the games because yeah. they are r- wildly out of control with like super you know just crazy mutations and all this like yeah. you know Japanese nonsense well maybe that maybe it's not maybe it's just attacking another like and this is a whole other topic maybe but like attacking another video game franchise that yeah. does lend itself more dead. to yeah lend itself more to that tone yeah. you know and someone really like finally instead of seeing just test test footage from that like somebody well, actually like does Dead it. Island yeah. yeah Dead Island would be great no, I, I, mean, I love that because yeah. it's set out in the sun you know it's yeah. like a, it's a different you know sort of it's actually like what would have happened you know after Dawn of the Dead remake yeah. from Zack yeah. Snyder like they land on the island yeah. That's what if a, it's a tropical That's paradise? a game I've played. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, on the zombie tip, we actually have a, a little little bit of news. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies mm. is alive again. Uh, a new company is trying to take it, uh, take it on. I mean, I'm surprised by that because, you know, the, the sort of historical horror mashup, um, also from Seth Graham Smith, uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, did not, you know, it was a commercial flop. I'm, I'm surprised that they're... And a terrible movie. Well, why do you think yeah. they're still pushing for Pride and Prejudice and Zombies to happen? 
Because zombies are still zombies. relevant, but I just feel like it's it's not going to be a good movie. Like I I've read that book. I don't think it's going to be a good movie based on the reading of that yeah. book. It's like I'll it's exactly you, what it sounds like it is, but it's not that amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's I feel like with he, I just think he's really a two note writer. I mean, uh, like if 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 two. He may be a half That's note. more than most people you know, just get told like, they're one note. So yeah, he's already no. one up. I already got else. him one note. You're double. He got an, he got an extra a one note. note like he, yeah, I don't think I want to meet a four note writer because that should have been impressive. Kurt Vonnegut. I got four notes, motherfucker. Kurt Vonnegut is a four note writer. <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, he just, I, I feel like he's he's all about the gimmick and he doesn't really have much follow through other than the gimmick. Check this out. Him and M. Night Shyamalan doing a movie together. Boom. Boom. Bitsy again. One like surprise the, the premise, the other one su- uh, surprise uh, supplies the ending. But we're getting into the realm of so bad it's amazing. I, I feel would like love that. in that scenario. I I'm, feel like that could be total magic. I have to say, on the, I mean, not to t- tangent too far, but the, on the um, M Night tip, I'm excited for After Earth. Yeah, that you know what? It looks interesting. Although I don't understand <laughs> why. Uh, Will Smith is doing that that voice in the movie. Like he we sounds weird, like he, right? he's channeling. Member. The, uh, they the both ship are. captain in uh, Apocalypse Now, the guy who talked like this, yeah. you know, it sounds like a- Albert Hall, I think his name was. It, 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 I just I don't understand why he's doing that weird accent like he's like he's a uh, wannabe Kennedy or something. I'm going to hold until we what's your favorite M. Night movie? That's a that's a very Six good sense. test. Six Sense, but uh, Unbreakable. I have Unbreakable an, uh, is I my have, favorite. Uh, a fondness for because I loved that script when I read it and I was. That was back in my heyday of, of doing like script reviews and stuff like that. And the script I read and the movie I saw it was a big lesson in like don't get your hopes up too much even when you read a great script because almost always I can count on one hand uh, the number of maybe even just three fingers. The number of scripts I read that tonally matched what I had in my head. I, I was very shocked and kind of disappointed uh, more often than not, not so much by narrative changes, but tonally, it just read differently. Like it, maybe it read more. I'm not saying unbreakable here, but like maybe it would read more playfully. And then you see the movie, and it was played so serious. I love Unbreakable. Yeah, actually, it's great. Yeah. that's 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 my favorite movie of his. I think Sixth Sense for me because um, I just thought the performances were great. It's so hard to get such a good you care performance about those out of a characters kid. too. And yeah, exactly. And and actually, um, all the kids in that movie were great. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I liked Unbreakable too, but those are probably the only two yeah. Shyamalan movies I actually like. Mm-hmm. You know, we start getting to Signs territory. I, did I liked not like that. Signs. I, I enjoyed until the the last act. That was that was on on your kind of uh, to to borrow a phrase from you, Roth, the the sort of the follow through, like all premise and then pay off the the follow through was like oh water. You know, and everybody jokes about, uh, yeah, you came to a planet that's to this planet. 90% water or whatever. And the village, same way. I actually thought the setup for that movie was brilliant, but then you the know, payoff they ripped was off so lame. A Twilight Zone episode that did the exact same thing. Mm. That I, was the thing. Like, that was, I wasn't as into Twilight Zone then. Once I watched Twilight Zone and I watched the entire series, uh, the original classic one, I'm like, that show was so ahead of its time mm. and it is informed so many filmmakers sense. Well, I think the truth is that a twist like that, like in the village, that's just this really like, oh, that's kind of sad to think, you know, that works as as a 
as a half hour. TV yeah, like show. a short right. form. It does. Yeah. It really like you haven't invested. You haven't invested your because by the time you get to the end of that in the movie, you've spent so much time on this one track to only have it turn. It's like, it's yeah, like it's somebody who took a, a great like. There's a lot of um, short stories that um, you know they try to turn into movies, and I think they they're not aware of it, or maybe they're aware of it and they just can't lick it. The this sort of um, the fact that the gimmick. The longer you have to think about it, the more, the less it's going to hold up. Kind of. Yeah. Thing. Well, and I think that that's my problem with him. A, l- a lot of the time is that he, yeah, he's just like the one trick pony. What are you giggling about? <laughs> no, that French girl. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to that. That'll be his next movie. <laughs> Wet French girl. His follow up to Lady in the Lady in the Water. Wet French girl. Uh, and onward. Old, old lady <laughs> in the water. <laughs> oh. French frog. Uh, in the oh, oh, hell no. <laughs> I don't even know how we started talking about Shyamalan. I don't know. Wait, uh, frog oh, in the water. You brought it up. Frog in the did water. I, did I, have I ever told you the story about uh, New York Comic Con? Um, I was at New York Comic Con, and if uh, this leads back to what? No, French no, no, no. It, I was, I was. Uh, you know, we have the IGN theater there, and so we supervise kind of a lot of the stuff that's going to go on stage. If you've, if you've ever been there, it's the big theater. It's like where all the movie presentations happen. So we were doing this like retrospective on um, M Night Shyamalan. It's a ten-year anniversary of Unbreakable. So he came there to talk about it, etc. So. Um, I just happened to be in the theater at the beginning of the presentation. I'm waiting backstage in the wings, and um, I'm kind of watching the the um, reel about Unbreakable. I'm like, that's really cool. And I look over, and right next to me, like two feet next to me, is M. Night Shyamalan. We were both like looking through yeah. the curtain. like We were both kind of like peeking out of the curtain. And... It was this weird, like, superhuman moment with him because he was, you could tell he was really proud of it and you could tell he was really, like, really meant a lot to him that people still cared about this movie and that, you know, he was about to go talk about something that he really loved. And it made me feel like, oh, my God, you know, like all this sort of ripping that you do on this on, on these people, like, without knowing yeah. them. And, you know, they you well, know they're not, oh, well, just wait, just wait. Like, you know they're maybe <laughs> not executing their vision the, the proper way, but, you know, any time they talk about it, they have to be, like, positive, positive, positive. Um, he, and he, he also made his, his own, own grave. Yeah, he, he made his own bed, dug he, his own grave. He, he was extraordinarily arrogant. I mean, a, a I lot of stories, they, they wrote a whole book about him. Um, a huge uh, studio person lost their job over it, and she went on to produce the Hunger Games things, and so she's doing okay, and he's, <laughs> you know, he I did mean, Last he, Airbender. To be you know? to be fair, he's also doing okay. He's opening a huge sci-fi movie this year, yeah. so... Um, well, let's see how that performs, though. But, I mean, he's... He, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's if still anything, making big movies. Yeah, I mean, he's... Look, uh, I still think he's got he's got some some good ones in him. He just had to kind of get out of his own way. I think he's a talented guy. He needs to listen. I mean, I think his the thing he could do the best is kind of listen to people's advice who have perspective on him from the outside. Because I think oftentimes artists get that way mm-hmm. where they're like, "Here's my way," and it's the he right has way. He needs to stop casting himself in this. Movie. I yeah. mean, I feel like I, I, so many people I have to stop doing that. Spike Lee needs to stop doing that too. Yes, I agree. Kind of. Well, a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I kind of agree. Tarantino has, Tarantino to, stop has to stop. That's who I was thinking of. Um, though I love him, but I, I kind of agree with you. Where where yeah, I mean you 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 have to remember that this is a human being, and and 
and that means they're probably flawed too. And that may mean that their flaw is that they're incredibly egomaniacal and arrogant. <laughs> and that definitely happens to a lot of artists. And, and I think that hurts like like me, like you're pointing at me. I'm very egomaniacal and arrogant. And I'm a great artist. Um, but like, yeah. Savage I, artist. I mean, if you, if you look at it, yeah, historically that's what, it just happened to him faster. That's the weird thing about him where if you look at like the decline, like most directors as they get into the older part of their career, we notice that they tend to decline because they're surrounded by yes men and women. And they, they, there's Tarantino no... is hip to that though. That's why he's like, yeah. I don't want to be that 60 year old guy who's doing, yeah. you know, it's yeah. just that it happened to him so fast. That's the weird thing yeah. about him. Because Kinda to like me... Kind of like Orson Welles, though, too. Although yeah. Orson Welles always did what he wanted to do, but he just, you know, he right out of the gate came out with but so no much But no one's heat. arguing with you. I mean, yeah. I I really think that not... I, I try to, I'm trying to find the right word for it because it's not conflict, but that that kind of friction is a really necessary part of the artistic process for anyone because it makes the yeah. ideas better. It strengthens. Lennon it makes needs it, McCartney. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Although Lennon did okay. He did okay on his own. Let's yeah. find a different example. So did McCartney. Uh, Let's find a different uh, example. I always liked Lennon better. Uh, uh, Jagger and Richards? The point is... <laughs> <laughs> but wait, McCartney recorded... The girl is mine with Michael Jackson, so he's not. He also did him. Ebony and Ivory. He did right. He did, but do, that's not a negative. He that's did a, do Live and Let Die. I'll give him that one. And yeah, I mean, and anyway, they're just the very road. different. You were talking about the popcorn movie versus Amour. <laughs> <laughs> is what we're Can talking we just about. get back to wet French gills? That's what we're good at, people. You mentioned uh, Quentin Tarantino and uh, you know Kill Bill was on the other night and. I found myself saying, I want more movies like this. Yeah. yeah. You know, I want more people to have a perspective on movies like Tarantino has because, and I want people to get out of their way. Like the biggest gift that Hollywood ever re received was the Weinsteins working with Tarantino because early in their career, they established him as like a singular voice and an auteur, which very, very, so much rarely happens these days. And so they gave him the time with Miramax to just be the person that he needed to be. Mm -hmm. And he could have been a different director if he had outside influences on him. But I think they just like let let him play well, in his world. He could have been like another like Shane Black type, the one who wrote big scripts, but you know maybe didn't get a chance to direct right. till later in life. You until know? way later, till now. But he's making. I mean, well, I mean, we, it well, remains to be let's seen talk what, about Iron Man. Iron 3. Man Three is going to do, but he made a great movie in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And you know, I have all the faith in the world he's going to so make Iron I. Man Three. Awesome. All right, let's talk about that new trailer because I thought Ooh. it was awesome. Yeah, uh, that was like that was that. like. Well, I feel like those kind. I feel like every once in a while, like that Iron Man trailer is like we need to break out the doll and show show you where the trailer made you tingle. Yeah. Tingle. <laughs> like that's. <laughs> I'll tell you, it I made like me that. tingle in my brain and my heart. It, it made me tingle <laughs> in my, my brain and my my exactly. I actually for a moment became a man and got a boner. <laughs> that's what happened with that trailer. That's how freaking good it was. Uh, I know. I mean, I have all the faith in the world because he's such a good action writer yeah. you know yeah. and he's clearly a really good director in terms of character as well so like i have all the faith in the world that this is going to be great and i you honestly can tell though from that trailer too like he's got he's he's got a rain on downy yes like downy seemed less downy playing downy like he was in iron man 2 mm -hmm. and more sort of like there's a character there again and that it looked interesting like okay we're, we're not forgetting that this is ultimately about a person and yeah. for all the cool stuff like the iron legion all that payoff at the end you you definitely get a sense of like a dramatic kind of arc to the story and i feel like and i 
you know, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm the female, but I, I do like the fact that they wanted to, to put a focus on, on Pepper at least a little bit and, and, and make and her. And an ex-flame too. And yeah. Hansen. Yeah. Well, but I'm, I'm just talking about like, give her something to do. Yeah. yeah. I know? love, I, well, I'm a huge, huge Gwyneth Paltrow I fan. Do. And I think she's great in, in that role. all the Marvel movies because she brings a little bit more than your average sort of you know, plug and play actress in that Megan role. Yeah. She like has more going on and it's and just really obvious. And that relationship too. Well, exactly. she can, she's, she can keep she can up hang. with Downey. She yeah. can, she can, it's like a, it's like a fencing match. She can, you know, what's, what's the term? Parry? Or yeah. Whatever. yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we did a rewind theater on there. Um, so you guys can check that out on the site. Eric Goldman saw about 20 minutes of footage from the movie. So the Rewind Theater will break down in, in spoilerish detail, but it's only spoilerish if you ignore the, the fact that Disney put it out there for the press to talk about that. So they want you yeah. to know about some of these points. Um, so check out the Rewind Theater, but uh, it, it's got... Um, it's got a lot of interesting insights mm-hmm. in there, so ch- check that out. I it feels like a twice. redemption, doesn't it? It feels like a redemption already, uh, you know, yeah. like of two, like two just felt yeah. so bloated and. Eh. It was two. I think two was like this is Marvel, Marvel's apology for two. That's why, I honestly, because I feel like with Kevin Feige and even said this on the press line at, at Comic Con, you know, he was just like they really, I think, wanted to be like. Like yes, of course, our 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 Marvel uni- universe is important, but what Iron Man two served to do was act as a commercial for the Marvel universe essentially. Like, yeah. and I think now they're like, okay, for Iron Man three, we're gonna get Shane Black. We're gonna pull back and really only have it be about Iron Man. We're gonna focus on this character. This really what they've created is a really interesting character in a dynamic way, and we're not gonna worry about ch- trying to sell the rest of our yeah. you know our franchises a because they now sell themselves yeah i feel like Um, they have a level of confidence now that they didn't have it iron man 2 because the only other movie they had in that time was incredible hulk mm -hmm. which met commercially and critically with pretty much the exact same response as the ang lee hulk right yeah um so but now they've had cap was a success thor was a big success and of course avengers out of this world and so. and I think now we're hitting biggest movie on Mars. It's not <laughs> out of the world. We're hitting global box office in a way that has never happened before, and you're getting those receipts like earlier. So uh, movies really seem bigger now too. So mm-hmm. I think when Iron Man three hits, it's going to be an astronomical number, and then we're going to see Cap follow, Thor follow. I, Guardians is the only question mark for me. Yeah. yeah, that that one that could be. That could be that. That is the one. That is is that going to be their battleship? I don't think so I though, because I think, and you know, I this may be spoilers. So if you really, really sensitive spoilers, skip ahead thirty seconds. I think that Iron Man's going to be in Guardians, and it's his role in that movie, however small, is going to be teased in Iron Man three. Yeah. But isn't contractually isn't Downey done as of Iron Man three? Well, see, one, two, it might be three. some gamesmanship from Feige and the Marvel Boys too, or because he's talking about that. Feige right and now. the Marvel Boys. Well, let's let's <laughs> also be let's put ourselves in Downey's shoes, right? What else? Are you I, can't, do? I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. His eight-inch no, hooker I, heels, I, I, so he can look like he's five seven. Yes, <laughs> please. No, I I mean, he would be insane 
to drop this at that. I mean, he wouldn't be insane to be like, I'm out. I'm going to go do independent films now. You know what I mean? Like he's going to renegotiate. He's going, he seems incredibly aware of what this has done yeah. for his he life. He said as much. I mean, he basically, I, I know the way, the way it was framed is kind of like, Hey, he might be out of Iron Man, but I think he said, I want to, I, what I took from what he said was, I want to stick around as long yeah. as I can be viable and worthwhile. And if that means less money for me, that means less money. But he's, he's also, too, he's, he is smart enough and, and uh, a savvy enough just uh, actor to know there has to be something at the well to come back to besides money. And I think he, he said that uh, it's never been as good as the first time he played Tony Stark because, you know, that was discovering the character that was, he feels like that was his best work in that role. Um, you know, you don't want Tony Stark to become like a Jack Sparrow type where yeah, it's not. just this persona we're going to inject into an otherwise big bloated movie. But that may be, I mean, that, that may be, I'll, I mean, honestly, that may be how he feels internally, but it's not, I think how we externally perceive the performance. Whereas externally we perceive the performance of, of Jack Sparrow as now being a big walking cartoon yeah. where it was this fresh, awesome, fun, engaging character initially. And then it just became a parody of itself, unfortunately. And maybe that's the script. I don't know, but I don't feel that way at all about Tony Stark. I mean, I don't I think know he's if you just guys... been a character yeah, be, yeah. that's been consistent. I yeah. feel like yeah. it's just been a consistent character. That's a, that's a cool character to come and revisit. Um, you know, I'm sure that could change and it could be, I just feel like Downey, like he's maybe the fact that he has that fear is a positive thing and he will be up. But like Chris Evans, for example, I feel like he's just like counting down till his contract is up. I really, yeah. I'm not trying to be mean to him. I just think he's, I'm sure he doesn't hate it. See, I've liked him as cap, but I, I do agree with you that like when his is up, he could walk away and walk away and be okay with and it. And be fine. I feel like Hemsworth probably would re up because. But but it's down in particular, like yeah. I just don't see. I I mean, he may have very severe parameters, like in his next contract, where he's like total script approval before I agree to be in the movie or whatever. That it would keep it fresh and engage, make sure that he's not doing something he doesn't want to do. Yeah. Um. But I I don't see him stepping away from Marvel. Let let me let me uh switch topics a, a little bit here, but as a similar discussion about actors coming back to superhero roles because last week there was a rumor because we didn't podcast about it but uh last week let's talk about it now um the rumor that maybe nolan is going to become the sort of godfather to all things in the dc movie universe and that they're talking uh, about bringing christian bale's batman the same batman from the nolan movies back for either jla or a Batman Superman movie, and it'll be him and Henry Cavill's Superman. What do you think about Bale taking another crack at Batman, especially given the ending of Dark Knight Rises? Uh, do you do you buy any of this stuff? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, it seems unlikely to me. It seems unlikely. That's what I'll say. But I think uh, money and prestige are huge motivators for anybody, you know, yeah. on earth. So, uh, you know, that's why I, we do what we do. <laughs> if somebody came to you and was like, Hey, well, you know, here's a cool idea, a cool script. You're going to work with, you know, maybe Zack Snyder even on yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah. That was part of the rumor um, too, that, that he would direct. Then that or might produce. be, but then that might be really interesting, you know? And, 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 you know, he's pretty much said, yeah, I think I'm done with this role, but that people have said that before and then come back and done it. So I'm not saying like, 
I, I don't know. I don't know if I want him back or not. I feel like it's a little messy yeah. um, with the way Dark Knight Rises ended. Although one, one reader th- that did is write cool, in with yeah. a great idea that Dark Knight, if you haven't seen Dark Knight Rises, one, you probably don't listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but two, uh, this is going to get a little spoilerish. So tough. Skip ahead. Uh, so, all right. So one reader, and forgive me for forgetting uh, your name, but he sent in a, this great take on it that basically Dark Knight Rises, Batman was going to die in that nuclear explosion, but that Superman flies in, and that's how Batman and Superman meet, is that he saves Batman from the nuclear blast. I mean, it's very comic booky, <laughs> like, And it would be I mean, awesome. <laughs> I, I don't see that. I mean, it's. I think it's a funny, clever kind of take, but I also think that... Every like the the you know if you were a marketing team you would know that that PR PR comes up with words that they want you to say about a movie and that they want you to say about a franchise and they repeat them in the hopes that you will repeat them and frankly inevitably most of the time we do <laughs> and with the word that they want you to associate with Nolan's anything is realism gritty mm. realistic gritty realistic so that's what they're saying that's the, that's what they're saying that's what they said about the which was true um about you know batman begins but now they're saying it about uh man of steel as well they're trying to get that get but us even, in that framework even even as realistic as man of steel can try to be at the end of the day it's still a guy flying around an alien okay, and but it looks like it's it looks like it'll at least I think their idea, the idea of granite reality, and that is that it's it's not going to be um, as sort of tongue in cheek as the Christopher Reeve movies and even Superman Returns. I mean, I know? think I think, and it's funny because I have like kind of these discussions with, with in the comments a lot of times when I'll say that something is is now unbelievable, and and somebody will come back and be like, "Wait a minute, but you find The Walking Dead believable?" Like say, like the following. I'll, I'm not trying to get into it, but I'll find one thing kind of like less realistic and i'm like it's not the circumstances it's the behavior yeah it's the depiction of the circumstance it's it's all of the, it's the tone all of those things i think add an element of reality because yeah of course it's it's an alien right but but at the same time this is also a quadrillionaire who runs around and that's that also does not yeah i feel like you those know? worlds like, could meet yeah the only the only conceit that you would have to get over, and I think this is why a JLA movie is problematic with that universe, is that you've never heard about a superhero before in Batman, you know. Um, but, you know, if if what Man of Steel reveals is like, this is really our first contact with an extraterrestrial and that everybody widely knows, then then you could have those things yeah, come you together. Yeah, could, you could. I mean, it even plays on... Like it makes the Joker's line like you've changed things that much more kind of, yeah, you know, a harbinger of things to come. Like it opens the floodgates now to a world where weird things are going to start to happen more and more. Uh, There's a reader email from Rodney um, and he kind of echoes things that we talked about in in an editor kind of Google Hangout that we did recently. and the, the opinion of the majority of editors was that they really should do a Batman-Superman movie yeah. instead of a JLA one. Do that and see how that goes, and then you can branch off into JLA. And Alan basically is saying the same thing. Using Man of Steel to set up a Superman-Batman film might be the best approach. You could easily set up a JL, uh, Superman-Batman film, could then set up a Justice League movie. But how should uh, Batman be introduced in Man of Steel? He pitches a few ideas, basically, you know, saying like they could borrow from um, 
some animated stuff that had been going on or have Bruce Wayne and Metropolis on a business trip. Um, what do you what do you think? Do, do you want to see Man of Steel set up Batman, a new Batman in any way, or do you want to just... I don't care about that. I think that next movie, if it was a Batman-Superman movie, could actually set up that relationship Mm -hmm. because we've seen that. But what I would say is I think, you know, like I I don't know what I've said about this in the past, but my my current take is I think that like... I want them to separate from the Bale universe. You know, I, I don't want Bale as Batman as much as I think it would be interesting if we still keep Henry Cavill and use that as like the new world order um, and then introduce a new Batman in whatever Superman Batman movie there would be. I, I just think that's a cleaner way to go yeah. about it. And it doesn't feel as like sort of scummy for Nolan. Yeah, I, I, I think that I I mean, I tend to agree. I don't know what tone they're going to go for. Um, but I agree. Like, I feel like the problem more, I mean, they've kind of painted themselves into a corner where their only real success is this one character that they've now had this particular ending with. All the more reason though, to to at least try that Batman Superman movie. If he is your linchpin, if he's the guarantee that asses will be in seats, then that really does seem like your best bet. If you're introducing a new Batman as cool as Batman is, and yeah, we'll all go see another Batman movie, yeah. whether it's Bale or not. But taking the proven one, introducing him uh, into now a, a larger, more comic booky universe, I mean, he can be the eyes of the audience because he's the real guy. He's the regular guy. And now suddenly, like t- kind of kind of like Tony Stark, what it seems like with Iron Man 3, okay, now I live in a world where all this crazy, weird, like alien shit is going on yeah. what, how does that affect somebody yeah yeah i mean i think i think that either way it becomes problematic because if you have it be bail you're attached to this other franchise and this you know your mind is kind of thinking about those other things the problem if you have it be somebody totally new you're trying to catch up with this new version of batman while you're also trying to catch up with batman and superman together i mean i think it's a tricky problem for them to yeah. solve i and i do think that that keeping it as simple as possible. I mean, I also don't think maybe it's the worst idea in the world for them to slowly start to introduce other characters and one-offs, yeah. but, but this is that's, where we a, get back that's a to, big bet for them. And, yeah. and yeah. this is this is this actually goes to a, another reader email uh, email from good old Jason Pakovich, the pack nice. the packer, the packs. Um, I don't know. Uh, he he writes in. Um, Whatever the real story is behind the curtains at Warner Brothers and why these guys can't seem to work on a clear vision for its superhero movies is just mind-boggling, uh, blah, blah, blah. It, he says about um, – uh, he basically, he's asking a question about Nolan uh, – this rumor that Nolan would become the kingpin for DC movies and asks – wasn't Jeff John supposed to be that guy? Yeah, and, and you know, I think he was, but um, ultimately – he kind of either messed up Green Lantern or was thrown under the bus because of Green yeah. Lantern. Mm-hmm. It was one or the other of those scenarios. And I, I, I do believe, I, I could be wrong, but like I thought Nolan was kind of hel- helping out at that time anyway with Johns. Wasn't that? Uh, wasn't there a I'm little crossover rem- there? I'm trying to. Remember. I don't remember exactly, but like Jeff Johns, um, you know, obviously has a good comic background, but didn't have a huge movie background. Nolan obviously has had experience with superheroes, uh, putting them in movies and in relevant ways. Um, I think th- what this whole thing is predicated on, it has not, it has very little to do with. Um, well, no, it has something to do with Nolan because he 
was overseeing Superman as well. Superman's success is the key to this whole thing. Yep. If Man of Steel is successful, then they're going to have they're, then they're going to start doing more. If it's not, then it's back to the drawing board, and I think they'll like retreat, regroup, come back out with a Batman movie because they know yeah. that's successful. Um, but I also think, and I'll I'll put I'll put it out there right now. I think Man of Steel is going to be a huge hit. I do yeah. too, and I also think it's going to be really good. But I think this is this. To be fair to Warner Brothers, I will say this: Marvel came in and you know worked out within those first couple, like after Iron Man started ironing out a plan that's been incredibly successful for them yep. to introduce these characters. I think the DC, I, I, I don't know, you guys weigh in on this. I feel like one of the issues for them is that they have this one character that's guaranteed to be successful, like we're saying Batman, who's a darker character, who is really dark in a lot of with the Dark Knight, you know? And then they had this franchise that was like this total revolutionary franchise built around this character about being grounded and realistic, but that doesn't really actually match the tone yeah. of the DC universe in yeah. comics so now they have a fucking problem and the problem is how do we get this that's working to match this that actually isn't that tone you know what well, i mean we've said like it here before and it's the avengers the like yeah. that is yeah. the model and yeah. i'm not saying that you build it that way but you need a movie that's like that that's that level of fun and you need batman to chill out a little okay. bit but, but marvel owns that right now and so my my thing is i don't think they're making the i think they're making the smart move to try and have and I'm probably people who are mad, but have the DC characters fit the Nolan tone, which it looks like they're trying to do a little more. Still keep them organic and true to it's themselves. The pr it's the proven formula it's for the them. It's the proven for formula for them. In order, Marvel took fun. They own it. They've got to take dark, <laughs> gritty yeah. real, re realism. And the challenge for that is that DC Comics isn't is it we're that we're now making DC stuff more like Marvel? Exactly, exactly, um, exactly, exactly. I, I, I disagree. I think they don't have to do it dark. I think, um, well, I mean, they're definitely setting it up as dark though, with Superman ish. But ish. although people who've seen it, you know, and the I'm, this one is guy. just hearsay, the one guy who's seen it <laughs> does say that it's more fun than it looks like in the yeah. trailer. So we'll um, see. here's here's an idea about if they do a Batman Superman movie. Okay, so Batman fakes his own death. Let's let's say it's a shared universe. He's living in a real world where it was getting increasingly com comic booky. Uh, a real world where a guy in a mask held a uh, basically held Manhattan hostage for three months mm -hmm. with a bomb, right? And then a guy in a rubber suit uh, blew up, blew himself <laughs> up to save that city. So now we live in a world where that where they went there. They went to the nuclear bomb. Um, Okay, but this guy's like, I'm out. I'm gonna go retire and drink, you know, lattes in France with my with I my jewel thief girlfriend, somewhere over we there. We always end Lava. up with the wet so, French gills. So okay, <laughs> you're you're Bruce Wayne now, faked your death, living your life, living the high life. All of a sudden, aliens invade, and you realize it's alien, just one. No, General Zod oh, and all the Kryptonians and they're blowing it, crap right, stuff it's up. Aliens. How can Bruce Wayne, that Bruce Wayne, really go about? Wanting to continue to just, oh, just going to think about me now when he now lives in a world that could use his help and I would say his resources, except he gave it all away. <laughs> he'll get it back. He'll, he'll, get it he'll back. have to somehow like play the lottery. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, he, he's, wouldn't that be kind of the call to action for him yeah. to like get out of his own way and be, well, not out of his could own be, way, yeah. but like, look, I, I've healed my pain, <laughs> but I can still do this stuff. I, I, I'm still needed. I can't be self-centered i've mean, had my happy time 
But, uh, okay, well, uh, enough about uh, all things Batman and stuff. Uh, real quick, because we're probably going to have to start wrapping it up soon, but uh, let's talk about um, Hulk, Joss Whedon saying, uh, was talking about the difficulties of doing a Hulk movie, and basically Mark Ruffalo has been saying, you know, look, the next time you're going to see me is going to be in Avengers 2. So basically both of them kind of shooting down, <coughs> excuse me, shooting down the uh, rumors of, of Planet Hulk, and also that it would be difficult to do an all Hulk movie it's because all an elaborate because ruse. yes that that Ruffalo is such a he's key in in Whedon's words. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I, talked about this, and I, I feel like you and I were definitely on the same page about all of the reasons why Planet Hulk would be highly problem. I actually felt incredibly vindicated when I read what Joss Whedon said. I'm like, see, well, there we go. Yeah. That, if we did talk about it, then I, I stand corrected. No, no, I think we did. Yeah, and I think uh, I think the problem with Hulk without Banner is it's just it's then it's just, all it. That's what yeah, that was your one whole side of the coin without yeah. you know any balance, and that's not interesting to me. That's that's maybe interesting to like a seven year old who yeah. just wants to watch. You know, I don't even think it's interesting to a seven-year-old. I'll I give seven-year-olds more credit. Nah, I, I mean, know. it's like having <laughs> it's like having just you know, Mr. Hyde. Like, there's just no there. The whole thing is like, yeah, it's that that struggle. I mean, we relate to it because we have our own monsters that we struggle with and try yeah. to control. But I think also right too, now our like, monster is time. But I, yeah, <laughs> it just anyway. Planet, I'll go back. We did talk about this. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm gonna write off some news items. We don't have to uh, discuss them really. Uh, but just for the readers. Uh, Sam Mendes uh, not coming back to direct Bond 24. He's got some other commitments. And he wants to go do Penny some other things for a while. <laughs> yes, Penny Dreadful. Penny Dreadful. Um, Gil Keenan, the uh, director of Monster House and City of Ember, is going to direct the Poltergeist remake. Um, that's going to start filming this summer. Mm. Uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Old mm, Dawn. Good old Dawn. Um, that saucy wench. <laughs> Ape Gilf. Um, she, <laughs> MILF actually she's not that old we're going to start um, calling her ape MILF um, oh, boy. so Kerry Russell is going to be in it does uh, she play Dawn she she might she, play Dawn is she MILF yet Kerry Russell yeah, is I don't she know. yeah I think so oh she well, is a MILF she has kids yeah Yeah. Um, so Kerry Russell is going to be the female lead in that it's going to be set about 10 to 15 years after the events of the first movie Gary Ullman is going to play the leader of the human resistance Jason Clark and Cody Smith McPhee are also in the cast, and uh, can't wait to can't wait to see that one. Can I call Gary Oldman a gilf? Yes. A Gary, I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, John Stewart is going to uh, direct a feature film based oh, on the novel of Rose uh, novel called Rosewater. So he's going to take a hiatus from Daily Show to go do that. Um, we'll see bushes. how that uh, we'll see how that that uh, Rose Bushes <laughs> callback. <laughs> Um, Tomb Raider movie reboot is uh, uh, the develop uh, the the filmmakers are working alongside the developers of the new game uh, great, to try and keep game. that kind of within the the same sort of universe, same sort of style, all that. So good um, and very cinematic too. So it's uh, all some of the some of the groundwork has already been laid, if you know what I mean. Uh, Johnny Depp's uh, <laughs> sci-fi movie that Christopher Nolan is exec producing, Transcendence. Uh, Rebecca Hall and Paul Bettany, both of whom will be in Iron Man 3. Paul Bettany, of course, the voice of Jarvis. That's the Wally Fister movie, right? The Wally Fister. He's the guy who, he, he's the DP on... Um, you just want to say Fister DP and, and I, no. lay in the foundation. Hey, oh. He's the DP on all of Nolan's films. Yep, he won the Oscar <laughs> for Inception. 
Uh, Harrison Ford is going to be an Anchorman, too. Yes, He's already yes. filming. I've seen photos of him on set playing a legendary newscaster in the vein of Tom Brokaw. So good. Yes. Uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. Kelsey Grammer won't be back, but Halle Berry will be back as Storm. And Same thing uh, as everything else. A French in, actor named Omar Sy, who was in The Untouchables, is going to play uh, a, a character who has not been uh, revealed yet, but some of the fanboys are chattering. Maybe he's going to be Bishop because of all the time travel involved, no. but we'll see. Mm. Uh, Weigh in on Halle Berry real quick. Don't um, care. Uh, Long hair, I, don't care. You know what? I can, I can, you, she's another recognizable face to put on that poster. All I think what that is, is guaranteeing that, Hey, if you liked and went to see all those other X-Men movies, that made more money than First Class, then you're going to love the sequel to First Class. If you loved Gothica. Yeah. <laughs> um, I weirdly enjoyed Gothica. <laughs> Sam Raimi is blaming Blizzard Entertainment for why his movie of Warcraft didn't happen. See he was happened. saying that him and the screenwriter were doing all these drafts and that Blizzard were never nuts about their idea, but he didn't realize until after they had done, oh, two drafts or like a year of their lives were spent doing this, that they had final veto power over the, the script. And they basically pulled the plug on their version saying, yeah, no, we're not interested in that. And he's like, why didn't you ever tell us this instead of letting us continue to work on an idea that you were never sold on? The way he framed it, and I, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but the way it came across in what he said was, it seemed like whoever was writing, you know, like wrote the original treatment for Blizzard, like really, really wanted to write that script. And yeah. like when other people were brought on, it was almost like whoever was at Blizzard had a grudge against the yeah. project that Raimi wanted to do. And so it seemed like this weird battle of wills, but that also could just be the way it was like, yeah. came across in the... Um, Peace, I don't know. Star Trek Into Darkness, our UK guys saw 30 minutes of footage. There is a video, I, I, I think we're going to try and embed it into this story, um, of uh, uh, a spoiler cast that they've done discussing what was shown and what was revealed at this press event. Um, but let's let's close out the podcast before we get to box office with a brief discussion of Star Wars, shall we? Star Wars. George Lucas Business Week had a big... Um, uh, story this week on how the sale to uh, of Lucasfilm to Disney went down. And one of the things that was revealed, they talked to all the principals involved, including the heads of, of Disney, as well as George Lucas. Um, and Lucas said that he had started working on the next trilogy before the sale because it upped the value of his company. Mm -hmm. Very shrewd of him. Uh, and then he also confirmed that they've got Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and, and Mark Hamill set to come back. I, I, Eric and I were talking about this like just a second ago because you know what's frustrating to me in August, like it, it was like two days after the announcement of the sale, Mark Hamill came out and talked about how they had a lunch prior to the announcement of the sale and about how that you know the seventh film was going to be coming from like i feel like we keep circling around and they keep sort of announcing and then taking it back and yeah. announcing and taking it back and even in this in the one quote he does it he goes oh yeah well we already had them locked in maybe i shouldn't say that actually we're still negotiating let's say that we're negotiating and i'm like you son of a bitch <laughs> <In> <laughs> you one, flannel wearing <laughs> son of a bitch okay 
you, you could also take it this way and say, Go like, open your art museum. <laughs> Lucasfilm, you know, was in discussions. And once you sell that property, you know, right. to Disney. Then the discussions. Yeah, then it's a different, right. you know, Fair then enough. it's a different set of people dealing with it. So. I understand. But Lucasfilm is still producing it. No, no, I know. Yeah. I know. But I'm yeah, saying, but like, Disney. Now they know they got the, that Disney but, money. In but their they're now owned by Disney. I mean, I understand what you're saying. And I, and I do understand that the reasons that the announcement haven't been made is because they're contracts and so forth and so on. Yeah. But it just, I mean, just as a member of the press, it's one of those things where, like, we know they're in it. Like, yeah. you know. Like, stop screwing with us. Everybody, stop everybody at this with point. My damn knock it off, George. Um, <laughs> stop toying with me. <laughs> so, all right. Let's 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 talk about what's opening up this weekend. We have Oz the Great and Powerful, uh, and as well as Dead Man Down. Um, now, Alice in Wonderland, of course, is the, the movie that everybody keeps referring to. Uh, when they're comparing it to, uh, Oz, when they're talking about Oz the Great and Powerful, it has the same producer, it's got the same studio, it looks a lot like it. It's a much better movie than that. Uh, you can read or watch uh, Roth's um, review of Oz on the site. Um, I wasn't as, as crazy about it as she was, but it is definitely leagues better than uh, Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. Um now, Alice in Wonderland debuted to $116 million, went on to break a billion. Huge, huge hit. Uh, in fact, we have a, a graphic up on the site of the Billionaire Movies Club, um, which The Hobbit has now joined. Nice. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, how much do you think Oz the Great and Powerful will make this weekend? I think it's going... Well, first of all, caveat, like in the nuanced version of what I have to say about that movie is that I I didn't walk out completely enamored of it, and it's definitely problematic. It is huge. It's one that grew on you. Yeah, it grew on me over time. That definitely like is... Like a, a fungus. Like a fungus. The further I was away on it, the more I the more I appreciate When I first walked out, I was like, I don't know. The Because we are, saw it together. We saw it you together. Were not, you didn't seem completely sold. And then it kind of grew grew on me the more I thought about it and it happened to a friend of mine too we walked out of the movie going like that's about a seven and then, they incepted we, then, then later we're like no it's more of an eight because the things that I think work about it work really well it's big it's hammy it's Sam Raimi it's Franco it's all of those things but it's really good for kids and there are things that work anyway having said that I think it's going to dominate I think it's going to make like I'm going to make a big one I'm going to say it's going to make like 95 okay. I was going to say 94 damn it wow you're really saying 94 Carl yeah, that's what I was gonna right. say. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lowball it then. I'm gonna say 78. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because uh, it doesn't have Johnny Depp in it, and Raimi might be Raimi, but Tim Burton is Tim Burton, and Tim Burton just seems to have a little bit. Well, maybe not anymore. I was gonna say he has a bit more of a golden touch, but. I think uh, it's Frank uh, and Weenie and, and Dark Shadows would beg to differ, I suppose. I think everybody in their whole lives has grown up knowing about Wizard of Oz and, and yeah. the, the, you yeah. know, sort of the richness of that material. But is do similar they care to about James Franco enough to go see a movie? About I, had, I think James Franco is such a non-factor in this you guys discussion. He's also a non-factor you know in the movie. Hey. <laughs> what? You know who the wizard was supposed to be? Actually, it's supposed I don't to be Robert Downey. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Well, that would yeah. be great. Wouldn't that have been amazing? Yeah, he would have um, been fantastic. I mean, that that character demanded somebody like a Downey. Yeah. They they sniffed around and s- to see if Scheduling. Depp would be interested, and no. With Downey, that that movie would have gone. To oh God. Epic levels of awesome. Yeah. But anyway, I I do think it's going to make a ton of money for those reasons. I think there is incredible yeah. franchise attachment, and I think it does a it, it does a nice job of introducing of satisfying the parent and allowing them to introduce this kid their kid to this yeah. world in a new way. I Although really do. we do have to we <laughs> have to point out, it's not a direct prequel 
to Wizard of Oz. No, Legally, no. it is not. They cannot. The there's no ruby slippers. Um, you know, yeah. there's there's a mention of the Gales, but they never say Dorothy Gale. No. They can only draw from the L. Frank Baum novel. MGM put out the classic movie that everyone knows and loves. Um, so while there are some visual similarities, they're not. There's a whole legal. There's a lot of articles that have been written about the the very fine legal line you have to walk now in these public domain things because <clears throat> the, the the source material might be public domain, but you're trading off of the public's memories of copyrighted film adaptations of them. Right. Yeah. So. Well, and I actually, I mean, to that point, they did a very slick job of making you think of The Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. And calling back to it without breaking any of those laws. So, <laughs> so okay, we all think that's going to be number one. Do we want to guess how much Dead Man Down might make, or do we not? Oh, out? I don't think that's going to... Dead Man Down will not be number two. Jack no, will. No, Jack will yeah. be number two. And I, and I think relatively low, too. Yeah. Like, all right. Like at 12 or 13 million. I, I'll, right, say, so say I'll say... Jack, yeah. 12? Yeah, 12. Okay, Roth, what do you say? Yeah, like 12 or 11 or 12 for Jack. All right, I'm going to give you 11. You got to pick one, people. Come on. <laughs> 12. All right. I'm going to go I'm going to go even uh, you're going to say 12 as well. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to say um I'm going to say 13. Woo! Yeah. I go you that. Got, extra you got more faith This in was that 200 than I guys. I uh, I'm just thinking Oz the Great and Powerful. What if it's sold out and the kids are all psyched up? You, you take them to go see Jack, then that's your consolation yeah. prize. Yeah. And maybe if the kid is young and dumb enough, you could just, no, they are in Oz. See? There's giants <laughs> the giant. And stuff. That would be oh, really mean. That's so mean. That's terrible. Yeah, no. It, it, Oz's first name is Jack. <laughs> Jack Oz. Uh, okay. Before we end, I just want to say uh, about fooling kids. My my three year old niece <laughs> is a huge Batgirl fan now because thanks to me introducing her to Batman, she discovered Batgirl. Well, she got a little friend uh, now that well actually, she was introduced to this kid at the party, and she's a huge Curious George fan. And this little boy's name happens to be George. And now my niece refers to Curious George as Georgie, and this kid's nickname is Georgie. So now she's in for two mind boggling things here. Goes to the party, and one of the dads is dressed up as Batman. <laughs> and the kids are start grilling Batman. Like, really? Where where's and they're all under four. <laughs> and they're like, Where where's the Batmobile? Where's Robin? And this guy is just some dad in a Batman suit. He's like pulling this out of his ass. He's like, um, Robin's got the car and I'm 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 staying local. He says, you know, but then but then she meets the little kid and she's like, Georgie's a boy. Like she's like totally blown. She's like, where's the monkey? There's no monkey. Mm. So I'm just saying some kids can be fooled. Other kids will just be crushed and they'll probably stay with them for a long time. Well, I think that's why you don't lie to them and tell them <laughs> that they're watching The Wizard of Oz would really I think, I think that's maybe the moral of that story. <laughs> so there we go. Everything has come full circle. Don't lie to children. Uh, we'd like to thank you guys for listening to the podcast for all 200 episodes now. I We, we hope... Uh, or wherever you came or in. Or wherever you came in. But, you know, it's been uh, a pleasure and a privilege to, to do this for you guys. Um, obviously, you know, IGN owes, uh, 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 much, if not everything to its, its readership. So thank you for that. Continue to send your, your emails to us at keeping it real at IGN.com. Um, give us a shout out over on iTunes, check out all our latest 
news, reviews, and more at uh, IGN.com slash movies. And again, thank you all for listening. We'll catch you all next time. Megatron!